topic of our conversation today is on understanding the distinction between God's wisdom and the wisdom of man. I want to start with a proverb. It comes from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. And so in the wisdom of Solomon's writings, we understand that the Lord wants us to know that there is a distinction between his wisdom and the wisdom of the world. We're gonna go now to the book of Daniel and read a passage that actually makes it clear as to this distinction between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. And it comes from Daniel chapter six, and I'll start reading with verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, nor for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going of the down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that is, it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that account of Daniel, but I want to highlight a couple of things that the Lord gave me insight to just the other day as I was praying and just communing with the Lord. He revealed to me in my heart that Daniel did everything against the wisdom of the world, right? Because if you know the story before that, you can, read, you can find the entire story in chapter six of Daniel. I just read a portion. But before the reading started, these men had conspired against Daniel because they hated him. And they knew that he prayed all the time to his God. So they set up, they tricked the king into setting up a law that would say only they could only bow to the king and not to any other God for a period of 30 days. And anyone who disobeyed that law would be thrown into a den of lions. So, you know, in terms of earthly wisdom, 
Daniel would have thought, oh, well, maybe I need to be more quiet or I need to use discretion when I'm praying. You know, it's it's just really interesting how the Lord illuminated what Daniel did here because Daniel knew the law, but it didn't change one thing in the way that he operated. And it said even the king knew that he served God continually. Daniel went home and he continued to pray as usual. And you might think, well, you need to use wisdom. You need to use discretion. You should at least put your windows down. But do you notice in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it said in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So Daniel didn't change one thing about the way he prayed and sought his God, even though man's wisdom would say, oh, you, you, should, you should maybe just put that window down or pray quietly so that no one sees you because, you know, you could be put into the lion's den. But you know what? Daniel didn't care because he bowed to his authority, who was the Lord God. And he let it be known by his action that he was not going to sub submit to any wisdom or decree of man that went against the decree of God in his life. And so that's the point that the Lord, it just kind of hit me one day when I was in the shower. Sometimes I just pray in the shower and I, I'm sure a lot of you do as well. But when you're meditating on the Lord day and night, it's not just a matter of a daily devotion, as people like to say, it's actually your life. So my life, because I spend many, many hours each day in prayer, in scripture. And so everything that I do, you know, we're told to pray continually in all things, to pray without ceasing in all things, and we're to be giving thanks. So this is just our heart. This is the way that we live our lives as believers. That's why we are a peculiar people. We do things that, that it doesn't look like the rest of the world. We don't just sit down and give God five minutes in the morning and that's it. We actually, our lives are devoted to God. Remember Paul said that it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in. And that's the way we pursue God. We pursue God with all our heart, all our soul, our mind, our strength. He is our life when we are in him and we abide in him. And so that's, I got off on that tangent because I was talking about praying in, in the shower and the Lord speaking to me when I was in the shower. I think a lot of times that's when your mind is just completely focused on him. You're not really thinking about other things if you are abiding in him. And so he, he gave me that insight as I was, uh, as I was in the shower and just how, you know, if Daniel was listening to the world and all the voices in the world, Oh, well, you, God gives you wisdom. I've heard Christians say that, well, you just need to use wisdom. And they'll, they'll say something that goes against God's higher law in under the disguise of using wisdom. But the wisdom they're talking about, even well-meaning Christians in that regard, they're talking about man's wisdom. God's wisdom is not man's wisdom. And in the Old Testament, there are scriptures that talk about God's ways being higher than man's ways. And of course they are, but we're in the new covenant and we are promised that we actually have the mind of Christ. 
So we aren't to rely on man's wisdom. We are to rely only on God's wisdom, and it's not a mystery to us. Let me, um, let me go now to another verse that I want to highlight just to back up what I just said. Let's go to Colossians, starting in verse, no, chapter 1, starting at verse 25. Here's Paul writing, and he's talking about, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. And of course, he's talking about the mystery of Christ in us, the hope of glory. He talks about that later in Colossians. And here's the other verse I want to highlight right now. And of course, I want you to go back in and study this out for yourself. Anything that I teach you, please don't take my word for it. Go to the scriptures, study them out for yourself. These teachings, these brief teachings are just a way for me to prompt you to go in and search search the scriptures for yourselves to make sure that what I'm telling you is true and accurate. So the second scripture that I want to highlight in Colossians comes in chapter two. And let's see, I'll start with verse two that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So this mystery is no longer a mystery to those of us who are in Christ. Read what Paul says. Go to Colossians, read the whole book of Colossians, because in that you will talk, you will hear Paul talking a lot about this mystery that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if Christ is in us, not only is he in us, we have the mind of Christ in us and all of the wisdom of the ages is hidden in him. So we have all that knowledge. And if that's not enough for you, go to first John. The first scripture I'm going to read is 1 John 2.20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Then go to the same chapter, so chapter 2, verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has been taught to you, you will abide in him. So both John and Paul are telling us, you don't need anyone to teach you because you've got the Holy Spirit in you. You've got the scriptures for yourself. You study these things out. Yes, we all listen to teachers and we're inspired by different teachers and teachings, but ultimately, everything that we need to know is already in us and available to us through his word. So I hope that gives you some understanding clarification today on knowing the difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. And I pray that your eyes and ears and hearts and minds could be open to the reality of that living wisdom that is available in you through Jesus Christ today. Amen.